to The Dynamic Decade, a podcast focused on the economy, energy, and innovation. Your host today is Ron Hayes. Howdy, neighbors, and uh, welcome back to The Dynamic Decade. Ron Hayes with you today, and our guest is Destiny Weeks. Glad to have Destiny with us today. And, and Destiny, you're, you're from northwest Oklahoma, right? I sure am. Sealing, Oklahoma. So let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, your involvement uh, in, in the energy business. You, you've got not just uh, interest on the energy, on the uh, traditional energy side, oil and gas, but you've also got an interest in renewables. And, and you've, you and your husband have a company as well, uh, Allegiant Land Services. So t- tell me maybe a little bit, first of all, about Allegiant. You bet. Um, we are here in Sealing, Oklahoma. We're headquartered here. Um, we, like most companies, started out in oil and gas probably a decade ago, and in the last five or six years have been very fortunate to expand into the renewable energy uh, sector as well. We've got agents working all the way from South Texas up to North Dakota and everywhere in between. Um, what's kind of unique about us is most of our agents have some sort of ag background that I think really affords us um, a relatability with a lot of the landowners that we get to work with. You mentioned the fact that uh, obviously you, you, you started a, a decade ago, 10 years ago or so, in the, uh, in the oil and gas end of things. And uh, you were telling me that, that you actually uh, are what we call a landman uh, in, in the business. Uh, for folks, maybe they're not real familiar with uh, that, that side of the energy business. What, what, is, what is that? What is a landman? Well, in my opinion, it's one of the best jobs. Um, I get to work with farmers and ranchers all across the country. Um, we get to work on behalf of the energy company, whether that's oil and gas buying, you know, pipeline or leasing minerals, or um, if that's meeting with landowners to discuss a wind lease or a solar lease. So we work with both sides. Um, We kind of like to think of ourselves as allies between the two, where we get to negotiate on behalf of the company to work with a landowner um, and find an agreement that's good for both parties. I know that uh, you know when you when you uh, think about uh, where we are in the energy business, we've really been on kind of a roller coaster during your uh, during your ten years of being in the business. Yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> um, it's been feast or famine sometimes. Um, certainly with oil and gas. When I got in, to be honest, I was actually still a senior in college. Um, my wow. husband Brady had already graduated, and they needed more help. Um, and I was on the tail end, downhill slide, if you will. And kind of hopped in as an admin um, and then, you know, worked my way up to actually working in the field. And it was very, very much in, in a boom. Um, and, of course, like it does, it cycles. And there's been some downhill slides uh, with oil and gas. Uh, one advantage, I guess, with renewables is it's a little bit more consistent where, you know, we're not, we're not watching a commodity price, if you will. Uh, so that's been a very good aspect of our company and being diversified is maybe we don't have to ride that roller coaster as hard as we used to. You uh, you mentioned the fact that, uh, what, uh, five years ago in, in round numbers, you uh, actually got involved with uh, with renewables. Uh, what what led to that, uh, that decision to go that direction? Sure. Um, one of the companies that we had worked with in the past was able to assist on um, the Red Dirt Project, which is east of Hennessy, uh, is owned by Enel Green Power. And Brady worked on that project, and it kind of took off from there. We really enjoyed working in another aspect of energy. Um, I soon followed, and it, like I said, the wildfire kind of started from there. 
Let, let, let's talk a little bit about you know what uh, what you've actually done when it comes to the renewable side of things. What are you doing? Some of those things, same things that you've done on the oil and gas side. I always say acquisition is pretty fluent amongst both industries. Uh, certainly, it's a different ask, um, but we are we're able to to work the same way we always have the same tricks of the trade that we've always used. Um, and that relatability with the landowners here in Oklahoma, specifically having the oil and gas background very much affords us uh, an advantage, if you will, with landowners. We can kind of speak the lingo that they're accustomed to, um, but it's still the same conversations at dining tables, you know, trying to find a way to bridge what the company needs to be successful, as well as what the landowner needs to feel protected and um, a good opportunity for them as well. I guess what uh, the really, really the uh, wind energy side of things, the renewable side of things, we've seen quite a bit of maturity as far as we uh, early on when we were first putting some of these uh, wind energy projects out there or turbine projects out there. Uh, I know landowners were still trying to figure out the contracts, the, the all, all the legal uh, uh, ramifications of uh, of putting one of these uh, one of these projects on their property. Well, you know, they're usually around a 30-page document. So if they can comprehend it the first time we sit down, they're leaps and bounds ahead of where I was when I started. So it is certainly a lot to digest. Um, We've been really fortunate the last, uh, oh, I would say the last three or four years, landowners have become more and more accustomed to wind projects and seeing how the process works. You know, it, it is not a overnight process, as most have figured out. And once that education process has taken place, the conversations get a lot easier. And on the flip side of that, too, I think the companies have a better understanding of what is important to the landowners and how they can better work together. How have the landowners really responded? Have they, it sounds like they have kind of gotten more accustomed to some of the things that uh, are needed by a wind energy company versus uh, what, what they want to uh, make sure they protect uh, as far as using their land for, for, for pasture land, for you know, running cattle, whatever it may be. Absolutely. You know, I think there, everyone hears it takes hundreds of thousands of acres to develop a wind project, and that can be maybe an overwhelming thought. When in reality, the wind turbine itself, including the road, on average is about an acre, acre and a half taken out of production. Um, so that coupled with the, the price for that turbine um, is, is pretty attractive to most landowners. And so we've worked really hard as land agents. A lot of companies um, have put in the sweat equity and the PR to maybe have that relationship with the landowner improve over time through each project. Certainly the Advanced Power Alliance has moved mountains here in Oklahoma on educating landowners about the industry. Half of my job is debunking some of the myths, but you're right. The, the landowners are becoming more and more accustomed. Those conversations are much easier today than they were even five years ago. When you start working with, uh, with these uh, landowners, uh, ranchers, in, in a lot of cases in your, in your part of the world, uh, what what what's you know what's a typical uh, set of questions or what, what what are the things that they they need uh, to get more fully up to speed on? Sure, here in Oklahoma specifically, oil and gas and how it affects their opportunity for oil and gas activity later down the road is almost always the first question we get. Um, and I'm happy to say, you know, minerals trump surface, and so there is no way that if the renewable company wanted to, could impact or keep a landowner or mineral owner 
um, from utilizing their property for oil and gas activity? That's certainly a good question to ask. And the oil and gas companies and the renewal companies work together quite often um, for crossing agreements or you know, whatever it might be that's needed. Um, so it's not an issue, and that certainly is something that's asked almost after you know the very first introductions of every conversation um, you know they'll ask of course can I still utilize my property the way that I always have and I tell them as long as you didn't intend to build a skyscraper on your property I think you should be free and clear um, you can still hunt fish run your cattle raise your crops whatever it was that you were doing um, you know I kind of always joke with them, as long as you're not building a skyscraper and as long as you don't mind, um, you know, turning the tractor in a circle versus a square, I think we're, I think we're okay. I'm trying to think the last time I saw a skyscraper in western Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Few and far between, I would imagine. So uh, it, it's great. It allows the landowner to um, use their property in ways that maybe they hadn't had the opportunity in the past. And it can sometimes and in most cases, unfortunately, be the difference between, you know, breaking even or making a profit that year. Our conversation today is with uh, Destiny Weeks uh, with uh, Legion Land Services. Uh, she's located uh, in Sealing, Oklahoma. Uh, Destiny, maybe, maybe tell us uh, exactly where Sealing is for folks that are, that are listening to us today. Well, we're called the Crossroads of Northwest Oklahoma. Um, we have Highway 270, 281, and 60 running um, near and through Sealing. Um, it's about, oh, 35 miles, would you say, southeast of Woodward, um, and about 70 miles maybe southwest of uh, Enid or west of Enid. So um, it's a big metropolis. We're a, we're a booming town, and I'm certainly glad to be headquartered here in Sealing. Let's talk a little bit about, you, you've talked about uh, on the renewable side, wind. That, that's what we always think about uh, in this part of the world. But we also have a lot of sunshine. And I know there's a lot of more interest these days. And also uh, thinking about how solar might, might play, play a role as well. Have you, have you worked on any solar projects? We sure have. Um, I personally leased my first solar project about three and a half years ago um, here in western Oklahoma. Um, the wonderful thing about solar energy is, it, it will allow for Oklahoma, it will allow the eastern half of the state to kind of hone in on some of the benefits of renewable energy. Um, their terrain, you know, for, and their trees and maybe the climate over there isn't as favorable for wind energy as western Oklahoma is, um, but they're a great candidate for solar energy. And so here in Oklahoma, it'll be great to allow the other half of the state to um, directly see renewable projects built in their communities. What, uh, you know, when, when you start comparing the two, two actual renewable concepts, wind versus solar, what, what, what's, you know, what's the differences as far as uh, pros and cons? With wind, I always say it is a easier ask, a harder negotiation. So with wind, you're able to still utilize your property the way that you always have. If you get a, a wind turbine on your property, you're looking at maybe an acre, acre and a half taken out of production. So you're still able to use, you know, the other, if you're in a quarter, you know, 158 acres like you always have. Um, and it is a great supplemental income. The difference with solar, of course, is it can be extremely life-changing overnight. Um, if they're able to develop a solar project on your property, you are, of course, signing up to agree that if they develop on your property, you are foregoing your operations as they've been. You know, you can't run your cattle, you can't grow your crops anywhere where there's solar panels located. Um, 
but they pay you dearly for it. So it can be quite life-changing, um, very similar to you know a barn burner well. Uh, and it, it can really be a great way to utilize land that maybe maybe was so-so. You know, maybe it wasn't the most productive land that you had. Maybe it's just pasture land and go buy a farm that you maybe had your eye on for the last 10 years. So it, while both, I think, have their pros and cons, um, I certainly think there's room for, for all of it. And I think you'll see a lot of existing wind projects um, develop, you know, extend in the development with solar and battery storage. So there is, uh, there's room for growth. There's, there's still opportunity for expansion in, these, in this area. Yeah, absolutely. Um, transmission will be key. Uh, we need to find ways to hone in and tap into more transmission opportunities. But I think, I think they're working on that. And when that comes, uh, sky's the limit. Destiny, I know you know you're uh, a little unique in in the industry in that uh, there there are females, most certainly more and more every day that uh, are a part of this this uh, uh, pro, you know process of of talking and actually interacting with the landowners as well as with the companies that are involved. Uh, talk a little bit about the, your your decision to get in the business and how there's opportunities in your mind for uh, for fe- females for ladies that uh, that want to uh, to be a part of this uh, energy business the the renewable side especially of the energy business sure and and that's it's funny you ask that um, being a female in this business really hasn't been um, a factor you know I don't see an advantage or disadvantage to being female um, I think the conversations at those dining tables are still the same I would say the key factor in my decision to become a land agent or maybe that attributed to some of the success that we have had isn't so much me being male or female but more the relate relatability with the landowners um, with our ag background and having a genuine sincere understanding of agriculture you know, we raise our own cattle, uh, you know, we've got harvest around the corner personally. So when you can understand the asks that you're making and some of the hesitations or maybe the questions that landowners have, I think that affords you success uh, much more quickly otherwise. So I would think you've got credibility, don't you? Yeah, I, I, well, I would hope so. Um, uh, now, I always, I always joke that I'm a farmer's wife. I, the little I can know about running the, the equipment, the better, because then I'll get stuck on it. So I am a great gate opener, and I bring the f- uh, meals to the field. But that's, don't get my husband thinking otherwise. <laughs> so uh, no real, no real uh, difference, uh, yay or nay, when it comes to uh, female versus male in the business. But what, what for a young person? young person that's thinking about the energy business, looking about, you know, maybe uh, maybe the renewable side of things is for me. What, what's the advice for those folks? My advice would be, um, you know, to really get an understanding of the process of development, certainly with renewable energy. It is a long process of developing the project before it is operational. Um, you know, those development periods can be, you know, anywhere from five, seven, you know, on the long-term 10 years before the project could be operational. And there's a rhyme to their reason for that. So my advice would be to hone in on the education process yourself. Um, You know, do your due diligence, learn title, you know, understand agriculture the best that you can. You don't have to be from Northwest Oklahoma. You don't have to have uh, mud on your boots 
to become a land agent. But if you can have that deep understanding for the people that you're working with, you'll have much more success. I know that uh, we, we joked a few minutes ago uh, here on our, our conversation about there's not too many skyscrapers in northwestern Oklahoma. Uh, but, you know, you, you get to some of these uh, energy uh, capitals, uh, a Houston or a Tulsa or an Oklahoma City, for example, you do see, uh, you know, you, very clearly you see the impact of the energy business on the well-being and the economic uh, uh, nature, the economic uh, status of, uh, of these uh, states in the southern Great Plains. Uh, but for the w- rural areas, the, the countryside, the area that you live in, for example, in northwest Oklahoma, what's, what's the impact of uh, the uh, the energy business, especially the renewable energy business, you think? The impact is huge. In fact, this is one of the perks and one of the advantages uh, of renewable energy and oil and gas, of course, um, is the financial impacts it makes on rural communities. Um, ceiling is kind of the poster child, if you will, for renewable development. We're lucky to have multiple, I believe, four wind projects in our county, Um, here in Dewey County. There's not a school in our county that is on the state education formula. Um, Ceiling itself, we passed a $28 million school bond a few years ago, and we have a beautiful brand new school that all of our children, and whether or not you have, you know, wind turbines on your property, all of your children are able to tap into, and that was in large part with the guarantee um, of that ad valorem for the next, you know, 25 to 50 years. So, you know, it's a community-wide benefit. Um, And certainly for those landowners with turbines on their property, you know, kind of as I mentioned before, it can sometimes, you know, if this we get this late freeze like we're getting today, it it can be a detriment to the wheat wheat crop. It could be the difference of that boost. You know, it it could be your input cost, if you will. Um, And it could be the difference between making a profit or not. When you think about uh, and you, when you when you look out uh, uh, what what's on the landscape today, you see as, as you mentioned various wind projects as you travel uh, across our part of the country, and uh, you kind of go from one to another. It seems like uh, more and more. What what is the future of of, of the wind business of the uh, the renewable business, both both uh, wind and and solar for that matter as well? In your mind, sure. Um, they are coming out with tech, battery storage technology that will be a game changer. When you can store the energy that stabilizes the grid, not only will that allow the prices to stabilize and lessen for consumers, um, but hopefully we can avoid some of the outages. Um, Certainly natural gas and renewables marry together perfectly. And I believe that with renewables, you'll see in existing wind projects, you'll see an expansion with solar and, of course, battery storage. So there's lots of opportunities still right here in Oklahoma and certainly in rural parts of the country. So that uh, that uh, storage uh, will truly be a game changer. It will. Thank you, Destiny. Destiny Weeks with us today from Allegiant Land Services out of Sealing, Oklahoma. And uh, Destiny, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, we wish you and your husband well, uh, not just with your wheat crop and your cattle, but uh, with your, your renewable and other uh, energy projects as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. That's all of our time for you today on this edition of the Dynamic Decade. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us. The Dynamic Decade starts today.